Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of More Up Sports. We're up to episode 59 today, and we have a lot to go over on this Saturday morning. MSU Hoops. Bronny announced his final three. I've had this theory for about five, six years now about Bronny's commitment, and it's looking like it might come true. If you go back to previous episodes, probably in the way beginning, I might have you know, talked about it. I want to talk about some Lions for a bit. I want to keep the Lions talk going throughout the offseason just because everybody cares about the Lions right now, and I think everybody is just looking forward to next year. So Lions talk coming up for like five-ish minutes, and then the Pistons played the most abysmal performance I've seen in a long time down in Europe. They might as well kept their asses fucking in Detroit because that was horrible. But start off with some MSU hoops. We walked out against Purdue, and I said, you know what? Big, big man plays horrible, which is still, I think, the case. And we lost that game because they're just they're just not at that level. Rutgers, the only other ranked team in the Big Ten, who I you know always thought was not really that good of a team. I call that game a toss-up coming in. Michigan State could have came in, put their heads down, got their asses killed. But they came out there, played a very, very, very good game. Their most complete game since Nebraska early in the month. And they won in very good fashion. Well, let's start with that game. Jackson Kohler. And I've said that athleticism will never translate to the Big Ten which still could be the case. I'm not going to get on this hype churning off of one good performance. But Rockers isn't the slouch team that he put up 12 and 11 against and played really good on the offensive end. You're seeing those finishing moves starting to get more polished up. You know, the moves that you saw him do in AU tape in high school, the moves you saw him do in his high school tape, all that was on show Thursday night. Played a phenomenal game. He got more minutes than Sissoko in that game, and he deserved more minutes than Sissoko in that game. And that's something I want to get to. You know, first three, four games, this Mati Sissoko is like, you're talking about potential All-American, you know, a guy who can shock some people and work his way up the draft into like a second-round pick, and you're watching him, and you're like, this guy could actually be a very damn good center for Michigan State. Reality's kicking in. He's not all that. And the story, he's just not that good. If Kohler comes out against Trace Jackson Davis and plays a good game, and I'm not saying he's put up a double-double, but a respectable game, and Sissoko keeps doing what he has done the last couple months, at some point you have to start looking at potentially moving him from the lineup because he's just bringing you nothing right now. He's playing 25 minutes. He's putting up two and three, two and four. And I know numbers aren't everything, but I thought Carson Cooper looked better than him in the Purdue game, and Kohler looked better than him in this last game against Rutgers. It's hard to not like some of these backup bigs who were very hard to like in the beginning of the year. They're getting better every game. They're starting to get better in the system that they're putting them in, and they're looking like decent players. I'm not saying these guys should be playing big minutes in a game right now, but they look like a Backup Big Ten big, you can get 10 minutes, 15 minutes from right now, Carson Cooper. I don't miss you playing Cooper right now. Kohler, after that last game, I want to see more of him against Indiana on Sunday at noon. 
because the whole Indiana team is pretty much they're a knockoff Purdue. But the thing about Indiana is they don't have the shooters and they don't really have the offensive threats that Purdue has along with Edie. Trish Jackson Davis is that entire team. Went up 19 a game, 10 boards, and three and a half assists. You contain them, you win. Because the games that Indiana's winning is like when Trace Jackson Davis drops 35 and 18. Like, let's just look at Indiana for a second because they're they're an interesting team. They get really hot and then they get ice cold, and then they get really hot and they get ice cold. They've pulled out two great wins in the last two games, holding Wisconsin to 45 points. And the reason they won that game. Trace Jackson Davis plays 33 minutes, goes 9 for 13, has 18 and 12. Whole game runs through Trace Jackson Davis. Look at Illinois, who I don't know what this Illinois team is. I know they're a first-round exit, but I don't really know if this Illinois team is good or bad or what they are because they look really good one night and then they lay a goose egg the next night. But saw what he did against Illinois. They won that game by 15. They even dropped 80 in that game, and Trace Jackson Davis drops 35, 9, and 5 off 15 and 19 shooting. You let him do what we let Edie do to us, especially at Assembly Hall where that place gets rowdy and loud. You get Trace Jackson Davis going. Mark, this is an L. Move on to whenever we play next. I think our next game's Iowa at home. I don't want to think that way. But defensively, there's nobody on this team that can stop him. Like Kohler, offensively, I think I see potential in him. The defense isn't there. He's not going to be able to clamp up Trace Jackson Davis. Carson Cooper, same thing. He is the most athletic big in the Big Ten. Hunter Dixon's not that athletic. He's just tall. He's not really that athletic. There's not really any bigs in the Big Ten that play like athletes. And Trace Jackson Davis is probably an NBA player. Because of the athleticism. He, he'll be a second-round pick. He'll be probably a bench rider most of his career. But it he actually looks like an NBA build, an NBA player. So Sokol cannot get in foul trouble. Because if there's anybody on this team that can guard him remotely decently, it's, it's Mati Sissoko. If you get Mati Sissoko on two early fouls, you can kiss this game goodbye. Because you're not going to be able to stop Trace Jackson Davis with the bench. Kohler? By the end of the year, he can very well become a starter on this team, the way Sissoko has been playing. Carson Cooper can very well find his way into the starting lineup if, if this keeps going for Sissoko. This is a game Sissoko needs to show up for. This is a game where he needs to finally plant his foot down and say, I'm the big of this team. Because he hasn't really put his foot down and been like, I'm the guy. And most of the time you have a big. Like Costello senior year stopped up and said, I'm the center, I'm this guy now. A guy like... Nick Ward, say what you want about him. He proved he was that guy for most of his career here until Tillman stepped in. He was the guy. Somebody needs to step in and do that at the center position if this team really wants to do something in March. Because this big man play, you can get matched up in a very bad matchup against some 12 seed, some 10 seed, like Charleston, for example. You can get stuck up against a team that with a really good big from some mid-major, and they dominate you, and you lose. Even though this guy you've never heard of in your life, he's just some really good offensive big, and, and nobody on this team can really stop any centers this year. Shigley had a pretty good game on us. Everybody's kind of had a good game. 
I don't think these guys are remotely talented enough for somebody to step their foot down and say, I'm the big. But I think we're finally getting the alpha of this team. And I've said the whole year, you need to find the alpha. And I kept thinking, Holgard will be your alpha. I think he wants to be the alpha, but he'll never be the alpha because I don't think his attitude on the court will ever make him the alpha of the team. I feel like when he has the ball in his hands, he gets very lazy with it sometimes. He has great handles, great moves. He makes flashy plays, but he turns it over a ton. He, he's not like Cassius where you can turn it over and still be the best player on the floor. Hogarth's not the best player on the floor in most of these games, and he's turned the rock over. Tyson cuts those turnovers and keeps these flashy passes going. Very well become the alpha of the team by the end of the year. But I think we've seen it finally. Tyson Walker is that guy. Six straight games now, double figures. He had the 30 ball against Purdue. I expect a big game out of him against IU. You needed somebody to step up and take that leadership role, to take that scoring role. Tyson stepped in. He's done it perfectly. He comes back next year for his fifth-year senior year or COVID year. Very, very well, Tyson Walker could be one of the best players in college basketball. And I don't think that's a stretch. He looks like a mini Kemba Walker sometimes out there. I mean, this team kind of looks like the Shabazz Napier, Kemba Walker backcourt with Hogard and Walker. If Akins can get his offense going, I've been very underwhelmed with his offense defensively as a menace. If he can get that offense going, because he's taking a lot of shots and he's just missing them, Akins can very well be one of the best players in the Big Ten with the defense he has. Because he can guard one through three. Not many players in the Big Ten can guard one through three. The one thing I'm just kind of disappointed with this year, though, more than Aiken's offense not really coming around yet, and I'm fine with him having a green light. Like I'm not saying take shots away from him because at some point he's going to start hitting these. By senior year, he could be the alpha. But I'm just waiting on that breakout game from Pierre. It's just like he hasn't been any better since he was freshman year. From day one, I'm, I'm talking about not even from the end of the year, but I'm talking about day one Pierre Brooks looks the same as halfway through the season of sophomore year Pierre Brooks. Just, I'm not impressed with him. It's like he was promoted as a sharpshooter, and I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, bash the kid or anything. He's a very, he's going to, I think he has a lot of talent. But I think it's just, I don't know what's going on. Those shots are just not falling. And I know basketball is just a confidence game. All you need from him is this, like, five for five shooting night, and all of a sudden he's a completely different player. He's taking a complete 360. But, it's kind of hard for me to buy into this Pierre Brooks hype when you're halfway through his sophomore year and he's just not doing a whole lot. Though we have some really good news about this recruiting class coming up. I'm very excited for it. I've said it the whole time, Jeremy Fears will be a five-star. Well, you got your five-star now. Holloman might not even touch much of the rotation next year, and he's looked better as a lately, too. I actually really enjoy his defense. He can be a very good defensive Big Ten guard. I'm not saying this guy's going to be some, you know, starting stud here at Michigan State, but he plays Tom Tom role. The offense needs to come along with him for me to even buy into this Holloman hype. 
but if Fears is as good as I think he is from his highlights, from the hype around him, from every, all the buzz from day one with Jeremy Fears, he can very well step in next year and take all the minutes away from Holloman. If he's as good as I think he is. And a guy who I think gets playtime right away next year, you guys are going to laugh at this, is actually our lowest-ranked recruit, Garrett Norman. Michigan State needs a shooter. They desperately need that knockdown shooter. Pierre was supposed to be the guy this year. It has obviously not been the case. His half season to figure it out and maybe become that sharpshooter next year. But if that shot doesn't come around, and if that high school shot can't translate to the, to the Big Ten, then you're going to need somebody that can step in right away and get minutes and shoot the ball. Well, Garrick Norman, watch his highlight tapes, is a shooter, pure shooter. So we can see Garrick Norman hit the rotation next year and just be a, a 3 and D shooter. And I don't really have a problem with him getting big minutes next year. These freshmen can push some of these guys who I don't think are ready or are that good out of the rotation. Like, truly, Booker can start at center right away next year. I don't think the Sissoko hype's going anywhere. Maybe, maybe, maybe if Kohler can get more athletic. I don't know if he's really 100% ever going to be a starting big in the Big Ten, but he can drop some of that weight, get some athleticism to him, see what Izzo can do in the offseason. Maybe Kohler's your starter. But I, I feel like he's kind of on his I don't think he's really much of a Big Ten player. I think he has the finishing, but he'll never have the athleticism. We'll see what happens. I'm still sticking to my guns about that, but I was very impressed with that uh, performance from Kohler. But Booker will get playtime right away. Fears is going to get playtime right away. Colin Carr is going to be a very damn good upperclassman, maybe even a very damn good sophomore. And then you you have Garrick Norman, you need a shooter next year. Pierre can't figure this out. He's playing right away because you need somebody that's lights out. We'll see what happens. But staying on the route of recruiting, I've had this theory ever since, you know, Bronny's gone on the spotlight. I've said Ohio State. I've said it from day one. There's been episodes maybe in the very beginning. I don't know if I've ever really touched on Bronny on here. You might be able to go back and find the prediction. Duke never offered him. Kentucky never offered him. Kansas never offered him. He was kind of begging to go there. I always said, like, he's just not good enough for that. And I think his finalists, none of those three schools are top 15 programs in the last 20 years. I don't want to do a list right now. You guys are going to get bored to death. I was doing it last night, and there's at least 15 teams better than his three finalists in the last 20 years. His three finalists are Ohio State, Oregon, and USC. I mean, they're good college basketball schools. They're not elite programs. They're not blue bloods. They're not programs where middle of the pack four-star will typically go unless they see a lot of potential in him. But I've said from day one, Bronny's going to Ohio State. And here's my reasons. Number one, LeBron gave cleats this year to all Ohio State football players for the game. So he's Pouring money into Ohio State. That's where all the NIL LeBron money is going to Ohio State right now. LeBron's house is still in Ohio. He's got three houses. He's got one in LA. He's got one in Miami. And he still has his house down in Cleveland, which is like a kingdom. It's the nicest house I've ever seen. So think about this way. LeBron can now visit his kid whenever he wants because he has a house there. Especially this lady's career. If LeBron wants to take a day off to watch his kid play Michigan State, 
I don't think the Lakers will have much of an issue with him missing a regular season game, especially with how bad they are. So LeBron wants to say, hey, I want one game off load management. I'm going to fly my private jet to Ohio, watch my kid play, and stay the night in my house in Ohio. Also, that house could be a spot for team chemistry to be built. Ohio State players could mess around in that house whenever you could build a lot of chemistry. You could put a very good team just hanging out at LeBron's house. So you have LeBron's house there. Also, just think about some of the commercials. You know, we haven't seen a college athlete in commercial yet, but this is LeBron's son. And there will be a point where we see an athlete in commercials for major, major company. I think one of them you're going to see very soon get on commercials is Arch Manning and Bronny James. Those Nike commercials where you can flash back childhood pictures of LeBron and, and Bronny James at Quicken Loans Arena. Pull some of those pictures out, put them in a commercial. You can promote this feel-good hometown story. I mean, this is a dream for Nike. All LeBron's roots come from Ohio. Even going back to his wife, who they met in high school in Ohio. LeBron's family's in Ohio. It just it makes too much sense. So. Ohio State will get Bronny James. And I want to move into some Lions talk now. Fun starts the offseason. You got Ben Johnson returning. You have guys willing to take pay cuts like Anzalone, Boggs, and Kaminsky to come back to Detroit to produce next year. This just speaks to what Dan Campbell's building, to what Brad Holmes and Sheila Hamp are building. You're seeing some of these scouts get jobs and promotions in other teams. Arizona just hired one of our top scouts for a promotion. This speaks to what they're building in Detroit, and they're building something nice here. You know, these guys are on minimum contracts. Like, Bugs and Kaminsky are making six figures. Like, they're not seven-figure players. And they're saying, hey, we're willing to make about that again because we're building something special in Detroit. And, hey, that speaks volumes to free agents. To a guy like Marcus Peters, to a guy like Patrick Peterson, to a trade target that I've heard a lot of rumors about, about Mark, Marcus Lattimore. You're a free agent, and guys talk, right? Like, this is not just a league where they hate each other. It's kind of a country club. All these leagues, they're pretty members only, I'd say now. Like, the NBA is very clear it's a country club. But in the NFL, guys talk. Guys tamper. You really think guys aren't talking to each other throughout the league and say, hey, Detroit's awesome. Detroit's a great place to be. This this city gets a bad ref, but with Dan Campbell's building here, you're going to want to play in Detroit because you're going to be better and because you're going to win games and you're going to have a good time. A very damn good time playing for Campbell. You're going to see a lot of guys line up to play for Detroit the next couple of years, especially if this winning continues. This could become a very hot destination for free agents. This can be, become a very hot destination for draft picks, the guys are going to say, hey, I want to play for Detroit. We don't hear this often. We're starting to hear it a little bit with the Pistons, you know, at least this offseason. We'll see what it really is about in the next couple of years. But if you're Pistons players, like Ivy and Kate say, hey, I want to play for Detroit. You're hearing now with Lions players. It's the culture. The culture is starting to change. I think the expectations might be a little too, and I'm part of that group. A little too high next year for this team, especially because, hey, they won nine games this year. We expect more next year. They can match nine next year. I'm going to temper my expectations way back from when I said they can win 13. Very possible they'll win 13 games with that schedule. But 
nine wins they can match that next year, I'll be happy. Make the playoffs more likely with nine wins. It was just a weird year where a ten team, where ten win team got in. But you're you're going to see a lot of upgrades this offseason. You're see a lot of guys come to Detroit because it's a cool place to play. It's fun. Everybody wants to play for Detroit right now because you're going to get better. So we'll see. Pistons, though, on the other hand, I I want to watch what I say because I'm very pissed off at that game in Paris against the Bulls. I mean, goddamn, bro. So lazy. So lazy. At least pretend like you want to be there. You're too good to play a game in Paris. You're trying to grow the NBA brand. You're trying to make the NBA a more global game. And you go out there in front of the best prospect in the league. Arguably one of the best draft prospects of all time, now, Victor Weminyama. And you put your heads down. And you pretend like, you don't pretend, you're acting like you don't want to be there. You're too good to play defense. You're a team full of clout chasers. If you're Victor Weminyama and you're a top pick in this draft, right? Top pick in this draft. And there's a lot of teams that are begging on their knees to get him. You think Weminyama says, hey, I want to play for Detroit after seeing that bullshit happen in front of his face. For guys to just sit there, turn and let Alex Caruso get second-chance points underneath the basket because you're too cool to box out. Because you pout and you put your heads down, you take stupid shots and you play bad defense and your coach is an idiot who doesn't know how to rotate. It's disrespectful to the fans who came out to the growth of global brand and make the NBA a more international league. And then to do on top of that, do that in front of the top prospect of all time that you really want. Just a horrible look. And that pisses me off. And that, and that makes me think this rebuild, we'll see what happens. I don't know if they're building something as good as we think. And I can't say that without Cade playing this year. Yeah, I have to give Cade next year to fix this. But I mean, God, some of these guys just are pathetic, to say the least. They don't care. Very, very, very disappointing season for the Pistons. Cade getting hurt does play to that, but you have a lot of guys who are going to have to find the door this offseason. Because the culture you're building right now is a culture of losers. You know, you're year three of a rebuild, and you look worse than you did year one when you were starting Killian, Sadiq, Stu, Jeremy Grant. Tommy was a shooting guard. But moral story is you, you were playing a horrible lineup, and you look the same right now with, with better players, better prospects. Yeah, they're younger, but they're just not coming along. At some point, you got to start winning games, man. And I know this roster will not, and I'm okay losing out this year, but the culture they're building right now full of laziness, full of clout chasers, full of guys that are too cool to play defense, full of a coach who's just as bad as his job. Very wasteful year. A waste of a rebuild year. Because when you're rebuilding, you're supposed to get better. Nobody's getting better. Maybe killing him, but that's about it. We'll see, but I'm very unimpressed with this team right now. So, yeah, I'll be back on Monday. 
talking MSU hoops, talking about potentially the NFL playoffs. Any news comes up in between, Pistons have a game Monday night against the Bucs. Well, I don't know what's going to happen there. They're going to get their ass kicked because they're the Pistons. But I'll be back on Monday with more content. See you guys then.